Hello all, Tara here, aka the Gentle Sleep Specialist, creator of the Baby Sleep Program and the Toddler Sleep Program. We work with clients around the globe, one-on-one or through our online programs. I've been restoring sleep back to families for over six years now. I'm a pediatric nurse and have worked with babies and children for around 15 years. This podcast is going to be your perfect mix of information, but also some awesome DMs with some incredible guests with lots of laughter and tears along the way. My mission is to bring the joy back to parenthoods. Come along for the ride. Hello, guys. Really excited to have you join me again here on the Baby Sleep Podcast. So today we're actually going to get into the information side of things, and I'm going to talk to you guys about the four-month sleep regression. It's a huge topic, right? And it can sometimes absolutely knock us off our feet, especially if you've had a little one who's sleeping quite well, right? And then we hit this four-month period, and um, yeah, it just comes from nowhere. Now, this can also happen for your little ones, even if they are, um, for example, sleeping you know, poorly, that suddenly it'll just become even worse. So I'm here to talk to you about what it is and what to do and how you can survive the dreaded four-month sleep regression. So first things first, I'm going to talk about what it is. So the four-month sleep regression is essentially when sleep cycles become more defined. So they become very pronounced and they're pieced together. So the sleep cycles become more pieced together. With babies younger than three to four months, they're essentially not in these really rigid sort of sleep cycles. And so they tend to be able to drift better throughout these cycles. However, at four months, these cycles become so pronounced and so defined that they awaken between 60 to 90 minutes throughout the night and even shorter sleep cycles throughout the day. So then hence why you get your cat napping as well. So what happens is that they are basically becoming into an more awakened point between these sleep cycles before they'll then go back off to sleep again. So we're going to look at that. That's what is essentially the developmental leap that is the four-month sleep regression. So you could almost see it as a milestone, even though it feels like you've been hit by a bus. So it's normal, it's natural, it's what your little one needs to do. However, instead of drifting between longer periods of sleep, they're now coming to these more awakened points in between each of their sleep cycles. Then what happens is during the daytime, they're doing the same thing. So for example, between 30 to 50 minutes, your little one might wake up between that sleep cycle and then they're awake and it's much harder to get them to go back off to sleep again. And so What I also want you to become aware of is that the more that your little one gets older, the more they are obviously learning patterns and associations and all of those, you know, I guess props or cues that mean sleep to them. And they're holding on to those a little bit more. They're becoming more familiar with those, familiar with what they are used to and what repetitively happens time and time again. So you pair those two things together and you kind of hit this perfect storm, right? However, it doesn't have to mean ongoing poor sleep. Now, for some, it'll just be a two-week sort of blip in the road where they might have sort of had catnapping for a couple of weeks or more night waking, that sort of thing, and then they just settle back in. If it's going longer than two to three weeks, that's when we really, really need to start looking at things that we can do to help you get through that period. Because what I can tell you 
without a shadow of the doubt, is that the more these things become problematic, the more habits become solidified during these times. And it might, they might not be very sustainable, very encouraging habits. And the more that that happens and we sort of then go, maybe it's the six month separation anxiety, maybe it's teeth, maybe it's a developmental thing, maybe it's reflux, maybe it's, you know, all these things, leaps and wonder weeks and all these things. When really, if I work with a client from three months, they won't even notice that so-called regression. It'll just be a milestone that happens and they don't really sort of flinch. And also if I work with somebody from four months onwards, we bring them into beautiful sleep patterns. Now, really important to note that it is normal for your little ones to awaken throughout the night. We actually all do, even still as adults, right? But it doesn't mean that we should awaken to a point where we need to start crying to then induce something that we have learned or think needs to come into play to get us back to sleep time and time again. Now, this whole awakening thing at the through the night time is actually, it's like, Back in the days when we're, you know, it's primal, it's, it's our, our brain does it as a safety mechanism to check everything is as was, right? So everything is still the same as when I went to sleep as now when I wake up. And if it is not, ooh, it's like alarm bells. That's when you'll have that sudden waking, the real hysteria, that sort of thing, because essentially it's an alert to that babe that something is changed, right? Imagine falling asleep in your bed and waking up somewhere else. Or imagine falling asleep with, for example, a baby in your arms. So we swap roles and waking up without that baby and similarly, right? And so it doesn't mean though that you should come to like significant crying awakened periods, it means it should be a quick check that we pretty much don't even remember in the morning. Now, four months, of course, you might still need to feed overnight. That's totally normal, totally okay. Um, usually I'd sort of say that um, many babies will just need sort of one feed, you know, throughout the nighttime. If you're the ones doing one to two and you feel comfortable with that, of course, no worries. And again, guys, I'm not here to change the things that you don't think need fixing. I'm just here to shed a light, to give some information for you guys so you can sort of go, yeah, you know what, I feel like this is where we're at. You know, how do we get out of this space? So just keep that in mind. So that is why we wake. That is why your babies wake, but we shouldn't know about it too much. However, the other thing that I want you to pay like really particular attention to is there's other things, not just the awakened and realizing that something's changed that cause that frequent night waking, but also babies who are very reliant on, for example, dummies to get to sleep or feeding to sleep, those sorts of things. They need to be rocked and then moved, that sort of thing they tend to sleep on lighter surfaces of sleep, right? So naturally they're not getting always, some some will do it. Some you'll feed them to sleep or use a dummy and they'll sleep 12 hours. It's just their temperament. They just didn't hold onto it. Off they go, beautiful sleeping, great. Not broken, don't fix. However, I find that when little ones are reliant on something external having to come into play to get them back to sleep time and time again, Essentially, they almost sleep with one eye open is what many of my clients pre-working together would explain, that their babies just don't get into deep sleep cycles. And again, that comes back to the fact that they're aware that something is going to change or they need something external. So it's almost like the way I get people to like understand it is that if when you fall asleep with the bub in the crux of your arms, for example, you never really get into that proper deep sleep very often, right? You, you're kind of always aware that something's there. If you were to fall asleep with something in your mouth, you're always aware that that's there. But imagine then, for example, and I'm just going to give a generalized example of it 
5 a.m. your partner comes and takes bub, you kind of get your best sleep right from 5 till 7 a.m. And you just pass out because you can let go of having to think that something, you know, is there, needs to be there and that sort of thing. And this is what we see when I work with little ones. Um, The same sort of idea is that they're then able to get into these deeper surfaces of sleep and relax and then drift through these deeper levels. So instead of coming to these real heightened awake points, they're able to just, if you can imagine like, you know, a beautiful rhythm, like a harmony, it's it's this harmonious balance between light, deep, awaken, light, deep, awaken, sleep, right? But obviously there's a mixture, you know, throughout and it chops and changes as opposed to big gaps of broken sleep. And so that's what we want to pay attention to because it's not just about how long they're in bed for, it's about the quality of their sleep too. So, When we look at making changes, firstly, if we look at the daytime first, basically what I want you to pay attention to when it comes to the daytime is checking their awake times. Your little one at four months might only make around an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more before the later naps and then a little bit closer to the hour and a half before bedtime. So they usually can't make much awake time. In fact, some might only even make an hour and 20. I usually would run your days with a little less awake time before the earlier nap or first nap and then a little bit more before the later naps and then a bit less again before bedtime, right? So I tend to find your babies can make least awake time before the early nap of bed and then a little bit more before the later naps of the day. Really keeping an eye on their awake time is going to help during that four-month sleep regression because the more overtired they are, the more difficult, you know, the settles become, the more stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol they have on board, which makes it harder, again, to get into deep sleep cycles. So the days do affect the night times. And what you guys might have noticed and what many notice is that when they've got a new bub or under three months, their nights are not bad, but their days are messy. But it does, you know, then at four months, because then these night times become quite defined in terms of their sleep cycles, tend to seep into those night times. So getting on top of this can just be so beneficial, um, even from, you know, a bit younger, keeping in mind, you know, the awake times and your baby structure. But we'll talk about newborns another time. During this time, I want you to also make sure that you're keeping an eye on your little one's sleep pressure. So the way that we help little ones have an appetite for sleep is by not stretching them crazy amounts of awake time hours. If that worked, I wouldn't see clients, right? Because some of my babies make ridiculous amount of hours awake time and they still won't settle or they'll still be up all night. What you need to pay attention to is basically in that hour and a half that your little one might be awake for, that you're checking have I built their sleep pressure or have they been on the feed for half of that time really drowsy? Are they having multiple feeds and zoning out each time? Have they been in the carrier sort of dozing? Those sorts of things are the things that we need to keep an eye out because they can then equal to fighting sleep. So particularly if your little one um, is having issues with fighting sleep and things like that, I want you to pay particular attention to what kind of sleep pressure you're building. But I four months tend to run a little bit closer to a feed play sleep, but you don't have to use that by Bible, right? You just have to sort of make sure that the feeds aren't falling closer to sleep time than they are to awake time. So even if it's towards the middle, um, that's important. And the more that you can start to keep your little one awake on the feeds, the better chance you not only have of them having a better sleep pressure, but also we're trying to remove some of those cues that feeding, sucking, dummy, rocking, all these external things equate to sleep. 
So check your structure during the daytime. Check that you're obviously building that sleep pressure without making your little one overtired is going to be really, really important. I would always try and focus your day on nap one and two where you can. Um, And then if you need to be out and about and do things, and guys, I get it. Everything we schedule is in the early part of the day. But if you can try and focus on nap one and two and then nap three and four, that sort of thing, they're okay to be um, the shorter naps, for example. Really important during any regressions, and I want you guys to carry this forward, is to not panic, but first check a few things. Are you sure your little one's just not ready for more awake time? So for example, if you're still running a structure closer to the three-month mark, try adding 10 or 15 minutes before their awake times and see if that helps. The other thing I want you to always keep in mind is, are you providing a new, like an increased or consistent pattern of certainty and security? Sometimes during regressions, we freak and we're just like, oh my gosh, I'll just do anything. And, you know, we, and we change up what we've been doing the whole time, right? Because we're, we're desperate for it not to be that. And we're trying to get them back on board and we'll try this and we reach out and we get all different bits of advice. Babies thrive off predictability, familiar, like certainty and security, right? We all do really. And so I want you to make sure that you stay pretty solid in the way that you would typically get your little ones off to sleep during this time. Now you can provide some more support, but if you feel that your little one is then triggered by that way of getting to sleep, so for example, if they're using a dummy or rocking, those sorts of things, and then they're continuously relying on that time and time and time again to get back to sleep, that's when I really want you to address what I call props to sleep. Because during the four-month regression, this is when it comes in heavy because now your baby's coming to these awakened points and if something's different, you're going to get the call out to come and recreate that same scene. So the idea to help you through this is to start more and more of them going to sleep where they wake up and how they wake up and knowing then I'm awake and I know what to do to get back off to sleep. So working on that from the beginning of the nighttime is really, really imperative. And when you're doing that, providing them with a new sense of certainty and security. So just because something feels uncomfortable to change, it doesn't mean it's wrong. We can apply that to so many areas in our lives and our baby's lives. If they were eating crap all day and you made changes, but they still want the chicken nuggets and the, you know, crab, for example, you're going to get that like, oh, no, this is not what I want or no, that sort of thing. It doesn't mean you can't provide support and a new sense of certainty and security around that change. Same with, if, for example, if they need to go to grandma's because you're going back to work one day a week or you need them on a bottle and dad has to do a settle so you can go to work. None of these things are bad, but they do feel a little uncomfortable at first. And so I want you guys to recognize that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't or can't make those changes, especially when it comes to sleep, because we know how important it is for our little ones. It just means we need to do it in the right way possible. And this is what we go through in the baby sleep program, guys, like literally in depth is how to bring about more of that self-settling idea. That doesn't mean self-soothing where they can't emotionally regulate with you. That means how can we put in some boundaries or just some um, better cues for sleep so that your little one has the ability to fall asleep and not have to rely on something time and time and time again, right? From awake off to sleep. Once sleep was theirs to begin with, it's autonomic, but they became very accustomed to any sort of peep of memory, run in and put the dummy in, 
sleep time, right? Start rocking. Of course, that is going to create a pattern for our little ones. It doesn't mean though that that pattern is either sustainable and or doing them any benefit when they think they have to wake multiple times for that in a night, in each night. And, you know, everything's sort of starting to to crumble around us. So bringing in a new sense of certainty and security, if you've already got really good things in place at that four month sleep regression, stay really solid with those. You can check in a bit more. You can stay a little longer, whatever you need to do to offer a bit more support during that time. But actually one of the most beneficial things you can do during that time is actually keep things pretty familiar for your little one. Cause you know, they're going through a bit of a shift as well. This is re- that really, that whole last sentence is really important during separation anxiety as well, is that it's not then about changing things hugely. It's actually about prov- keeping that familiar, keeping that consistency so that they keep that feeling of certainty and security, even when they're going through shifts and learning and developing and that sort of thing. So I would really encourage you guys to then focus on what am I doing to get them to sleep? Can I work a little bit more on getting them to fall asleep where they're going to wake up and know what it is to be awake and to go back off to sleep? That's going to be really important. And I'd always make those changes from the beginning of the night time rather than the daytime. I wouldn't cap naps. Please don't get into like too many rigid sort of really strict schedules. It's more just about the awake times, knowing those, being, you know, mindful of that building that sleep pressure without getting them overtired, running a bit closer to a feed play sleep and being careful of keeping them really awake on those feeds and then going in and implementing a method and starting to get them more and more familiar with their own, you know, sleep space. You can leave your one in their swaddle or they love to dream, um, unless they're rolling, you need to have them out. And I would typically have your little babes out by four to four and a half months anyway. So I'd just do one arm um, and then a few nights do the other um, if you have a transitional option. Otherwise, just make sure you do it from, you know, the beginning of the night time. So when it comes to the four-month sleep regression, please keep in mind, guys, that honestly, you don't then need to start an array of excuses moving from that. I want you to also make sure that during the nighttime, you go back to offering a method of trying to get them to resettle without having to play that role and shift from fixing them to sleep to supporting them while they start to learn that they can do it, you know, themselves as well. That's going to be really important because your babies can sleep. They can get into deep sleep rhythms and sleep beautifully, right, without having to wake to cry because they're, you know, that alert's gone off to then need us to play that same role again. And you might aim for sort of one feed in the second half of the night or a couple of feeds if that's what you feel comfortable with. But when your little one is waking at 9, 12, 3, then 5, or waking at midnight or around 11 and then every two hours after that, and some, to be honest, are waking one to two hourly throughout the whole night, that honestly, guys, it can it can really be changed and it makes such a difference for them and for you guys as well. So I hope that that information has helped. Like I said, during these times, remember to stay nice and confident, work on that sort of self-settling. And if not, if you get stuck, the baby sleep program, we open our next one in the first week of February is just an awesome, and then every month after that, but it is an awesome way to have support and guidance at every step along the way of making these changes that just literally set you on such a different trajectory from just surviving to thriving. So basically with that, you get three months access to my online video course then you also get a month's access to me live 
in a private Facebook group where I go live twice a week to answer any questions that you've left in the Ask Tara thread and then post that so you can watch it back at any point. And that's $139 for the three months access and the, the Facebook live as well. So I hope you guys have enjoyed today. It's just a quick roundup of the four month sleep regression and I will speak to you guys soon.